And we are making progress, right? And the whole objective is, God, I want to advance the vision for my life, my purpose. I want to advance the vision of this house. And uh, we're doing that in many ways. So we talked about three different decisions, important decisions in the first of the year and throughout the year, really, that we need to keep at the forefront. If, if 2024 is going to be your best year so far, who wants your best year so far? Yeah. I'm going to like to say goodbye. Help me phrase that. Well, okay. Goodbye, 2023. Yeah, goodbye. It's gone, it's, it's, it's done, it's over. And, and times like prayer, and times like, you know, we minister, and times like when we have all of our prayer workers come out to you, and people that are, are, are just so inclined to pray over you, you know, these are times that will help us advance, even when we're stuck. And thank God for that, we have each other. All right, so we, we want to make some better decisions. These are three decisions we need to make. First of all, decide to forget the past. Then listen to God above every other voice. No voice should ever speak louder than the Word of God in your life. No one. No one. I said no one because that's God's Word speaking to me. God, God's Word, God's voice. That's, that's who I follow. He's a person, not just a page. Then, uh, then number three, get our hopes up, and we'll, we'll finish up on that next week. So let's talk about, I'm just going to summarize, make a few more points that I had on my heart about forgetting the past. We, we have to stop looking back. We have to stop, you know, again, I, I humorously say that, you know, w- women are so much more talented than men because they can put their makeup on while they're driving. <laughs> but, uh, ladies, I don't think that's good to do. But anyway... Um, you know, we, we, we won't advance if we're stuck in our past, you know. And the enemy is real good about reminding you of all the things uh, that, that has happened in your life. But, uh, but he has to know that we know the truth on the matter because when we get forgiveness, uh, God wipes it out as though it never exists. So when he's bringing up to you your past, he's lying because you've been forgiven. Yeah, and we have to, we have to learn you know, the Word of God so much to, to, to the point that we've, we manage our mind well and our thought life well. Did you, have, has anybody ever told you you can control your mind and what you're thinking on? So, of course they have. Well, you might not know that because, again, I, when, I, when I was a young boy, I didn't know there was different voices I needed to not listen to and then others that, you know, the voice of the Word and, 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 and the voice of God in my life. And the Word says there's many voices, and none of them are without signification. So we need to make sure we screen our thought life with the Word of God. Philippians 3, it says, brothers and sisters, Paul is talking here, I don't consider that I've made it my own yet, but one thing I do, I like that, Paul was focused, one thing I do, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. And and you know what, when the Word's going forward, whatever's being spoken, it absolutely has the power to free that. There's power in the Word that we're reading. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So when the Word's going forth today, you know, I'm just really a vessel, a conduit of God when when I speak His Word, and His Word within it is the power and the faith uh, to, to destroy things and to move forward in things. Thank God for laying on hands. Thank God for the Word of God. 
the, the best combination there is. So he said, I forget what lies behind. I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. I'm reaching forward. I press toward the goal, what? To win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we, we uh, you know, we're talking about, Paul was talking about, I'm, I'm going to get, forget my past so I can get focused on who I am in Christ, what I'm supposed to do in Christ, and advance forward to fulfill my purpose. Miles Monroe said, the greatest failure in life is being successful in the wrong assignment. The greatest failure in life is being successful in the wrong assignment. So are we where God wants us to be? Are we where God has told us to be? Doing what God told us to do. A key indicator that you are where you're supposed to be is right now, and even if you're checking out this church um, as, as a potential home church for you, right now if you're in this church and, and, and you're being ministered to, and there's a great sense of peace about this environment. There's just, just something just peaceful. See, God, the, God tells us the umpire of our heart is the peace of God. That tells It's a referee. When it's, it's, a, it's an umpire. It's, it's somebody that rules whether you're in or whether you're out, and, and whether you're safe or whether you're out. And, and so peace is the predominant way. You, you might say, how do I hear from God? Well, do you have peace about that? Do you have peace about them? Do you have peace about staying around those? Uh, do you have peace about where you are? It's a good indicator that you are where God wants you to be. And so, so when you know that you are where God wants you to be and doing what God wants you to do, I just want you to look at me right now. I want you to focus on me right now. Be happy about it. Be happy about it. Be happy. One of the greatest things we can be delivered from is trying to do what someone else is called to do. I'm going to be happy with what God's called me to do. And I'm just going to develop and advance to the highest expression of what God wanted me to do. Every single day, week, month, year, you're going to, you're going to see me progress. Because that's my objective. I want to be better in every aspect of my life. So be happy about it, you know, stop, stop. People are in the will of God that sometimes they're saying, am I behind? I'm not doing quite what they're doing while they have a bigger church, while they, stop, stop it, be happy. Be happy with you. Be happy with the way you're wired. Be happy with where you are. You know, I try to tell ministers all the time, stop judging the bigness of your church. Because some rural churches that have 30 members percentage-wise have more than what we do because of our surrounding numbers. Get over it. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Yesterday, I told the men to shut up. I said, shut up and step up. Man, <laughs> man are you all coming back brave next time? Yeah. All right, well, shut up then. Sorry. <laughs> All right. But listen, where you are, God picked you for an assignment that fits you. I, I, I'm, I'm not digressing from, but one thing I do, I, I'm going I'm to discover through the Word and through following God, through serving, I'm going to discover 
who I am in Christ and what I'm supposed to do and however he wants to fulfill my full potential, I'm fine. I'm fine. I think it's a very dangerous thing when people strive to become the leader. I'm not saying they might, they might become the leader, but not, not right away. And, and by the way, God might want you right there because that's what you're good at. And, and you, are, you are God's full expression right there for the rest of your life. So don't hyperventilate on, an, on, on, on a direction. Uh, let God unfold it. Otherwise, keep doing better at what you're doing. All right. Tell the person next to you, shut up. No, don't, don't. Do, sorry, all those online. And yeah, I know it. Huh? My, my wife said, uh, it's enough. All right. But Paul said one thing I do. He was focused. Last time we talked about, uh, was it, um, it Peter who was getting the assignment from Jesus, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. But what about them? Don't, don't look at them. God's talking to you. You're, an indication that you're in the right direction is whatever God's put in you, you, you make it look easy to others. You know, and, and, but that's what you're called to do. Be your full expression, advance to the greatest level that God intended for you to be. Luke 10, 38, talking about one thing. Now, now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister, her name was Mary, and uh, Mary seated herself at the Lord's feet and continually, she was listening to him, in other words, she was listening to him teach, but Martha, she was just stressing out. She, she was busy, she was distracted with all her serving responsibilities, and she approached Jesus. She was, she was ticked off. Is that okay to say? All right. So anyway, she was ticked off, and she went to Jesus with this problem. Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do everything alone? Anybody ever, anybody ever feel that way? Um, I asked my wife for the most uh, gracious moment that I could have right now. Early on in our marriage, sometimes, you know, men, sometimes just we don't know. Sometimes we just don't know. So I think I'm watching a ball game. The house is not exactly the way my wife wants it to be, but I'm watching a ball game. And, and, and one of the biggest challenges that marriages have is by thinking your spouse should know, you should be helping me. But there are key indicators. Pay attention. I'm watching the ball game and I'm hearing the vacuum cleaner hit a wall. And she, you know, I think I have my feet up on a, on a, on the whatever. What am I thinking about? Yeah, whatever that. She moved out of the way. Move your feet. I'm like, and, and we guys, you know what we do? Is everything Okay. Uh, um, 
And, and, and if you're me, I'm like, uh-oh. Better get Mako. Uh-oh. And I ask her, you know, is everything okay? Am I okay with you? <laughs> but my wife had to clue me in. You know what? Until this day, she'll say, Joe, I need a little more help uh, in this area in the house. Thank you. Okay. Got it. But you know what? Can you imagine advancing to the degree that you start doing yourself what you know needs to be done? You know, sometimes I'm emptying the dishwasher thinking I'm doing a big thing. And my wife doesn't even pay attention to me. <laughs> like, I'm putting the dishes up. Look over here. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, that was good. All right, let, 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 let's just get down to this because I want to get into something else. All right. So Mary, Mary uh, was learning from Jesus, and Martha, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're bothered, you're anxious, you're ticked off, you're, you're, you're vacuuming too loud, you're, you're clanging the pots and the pans. But this one's the thing's necessary. Now, before you misinterpret this scripture, he's saying Mary's chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, uh, which shall may not taken away from her. And, and, and so some people could take this scripture, man, I am so good. I'm just going to spend time with Jesus all the time. Uh, there's a purpose for your life. I mean, you, you can practice the presence of Jesus, but you can't always study and not get involved and start serving. There's a healthy balance between serving but still replenishing and still developing relationship with Jesus. I encourage all of you, get involved. You can. But I'm so busy. But there's a will of God you need to fulfill. There's a supply that you're supposed to bring to this church because we're supposed to advance and help more people and fulfill the Great Commission in, in a way bigger level than we are, and we'll get to it. But uh, anyway, so that's what I want to say about forgetting the past and and, you know, when we pause and we spend time before God, listening to what Jesus is saying through his word changes everything. I mean, one word from God caused Peter to, to walk on the water. Jesus said, come. Imagine you just get one, one word from God. When you're reading the word of God and you're just ministering and you're just fellowshipping God through the word, and all of a sudden there comes a, a word that sort of jumps off the page. That's, that's a word you need to take hold of. Then we need to be praying, God, fill us with the spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened so that, uh, so that we can know what is the hope of your calling. We can know what is the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints. And so we can know what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who are to believe. The Ephesians 1 prayer, the Ephesians 3 prayer, the Colossians 1 prayer. Seek it out. These are things to personalize. Let's get to point number two today. And I, I'm going to do something. You might have been here. You might not have been here. But the second point I'm going to make today, we need to decide to listen to God's voice every day above everyone because it will save your life. It will direct your life. It will protect your life. Um, and, and he will bring us through the most severe challenges. So take a listen to this. Listen to it like you've never listened to it before. I shared it a few weeks ago, but it's it's. It's just critical enough for me to make some comments right after that, and then we'll conclude. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. 
were way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're gonna. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello, don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give me, I said, tell them we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we gotta do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said... I have to follow your voice. 
Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. Do you realize your head is full of voices? And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and he said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop. And the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning to knock at my door. And I opened the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through. Wow.
Wow, there's so many critical points. I want to just accentuate a little bit this morning and, wow, decide to listen to the voice. There's so many positive things that come from listening to his voice, and I'm going to give you a few proverbs of those who neglected listening to the voice, and many voices are trying to vie for your, for your attention, but you don't have to give attention to every voice. That's why it's so important to daily get in that word and just, just learn the voice of God. It's interesting because uh, when, when he was in his hotel room after the whole event, then the pilot knocked on his door, and as soon as he spoke up, he, he recognized the voice. And, and the same, the same uh, voice that, that wrote the word, the same voice of God's word through the word is the same voice that you'll be familiar with as God leads you in life. Because the voice of a stranger, the word says, don't follow that. You, you might just say, I don't know, just something's not right about that. Well, focus those kinds of things. God's trying to get your attention. Otherwise, we don't want to hit a mountain. But the first point I want to make here is we need to ask for help. <laughs> ask for help. Get on the radio. In other words, ask God for help. That's prayer. The Word says we have not because we ask not. And when we ask Him, let's believe that He's going to follow through with what we ask because it's in alignment with the Word of God. Ask. You know, a radio is a means to communication. And, and we know this, and this might be a little bit old school because there's so, so much more technology out there, but I like to watch old war movies. I think that came from when I, my dad... He would always watch them, and sometimes I'd just sit with them. But one thing that they tried to do as a priority, they had the objective to cut off communications. Because then you couldn't communicate with the, with, with the resources you'd need to win the battle. And so if you cut off communications... God's articulate. He speaks to us through His Word, and He leads us by the Holy Spirit. Now, Joshua 1.8, I'm not going to go there yet, I'll, I'll, just a minute, but Joshua 1.8, it talks about how we need to meditate on God's Word until His thoughts begin to take shape in our mind, so that we know which words to cast down and which words that, that, that we hold on to. What does it mean to have the mind of Christ? What is the mind of Christ? The Bible is the mind of Christ. And the more we know His Word, the more we'll recognize what's in the mind of the Father. And the Holy Spirit, as we pray in the Spirit, He'll lead us into the will of God with that same inward witness, same voice as the Word. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, Who has known the mind and purpose of the Lord so that they could instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Why do, we, why do we have the mind of Christ? We have the Word, we have the Holy Spirit, and guess what? The Word and the Spirit, we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and guided by his purposes. I'm not a distracted guy because to fulfill the will of God at my highest expression takes being focused takes being close to the radio, takes keeping communications wide open between God and me. 
If we turn our attention to the light of God's word, it'll run the darkness out. If this room were pitch black and somebody had a lighter and they'd light it up, you'd recognize that light and it'd be very bright in the darkness. Light can overcome darkness, but darkness cannot overcome light. Thank God. Let's get this word. You hear it often, you're going to hear it weekly. The word is so critical to our well-being, so critical for him to get us home, to help us fulfill the will of God, help us to advance uh, further than we've ever have in, in, in our purpose and in the vision of Harvest Church. Joshua 1, seven, and the message says, this is after uh, the death of Moses, the servant of God. God spoke to Joshua, and, and, and he was Moses' assistant. He said, don't get, don't get off track, Joshua. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of Revelation, the Word of God, be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice Everything that is written, you know, what stood out to me right there was make sure the words, uh, don't let it out of your mind. You've heard it before, but it's true. An empty mind is the devil's playground. Hold on to those words and we'll be equipped to win every battle of the mind. And when you start talking about meditation, I'm not talking about this weird stuff. I'm not talking about just emptying like the... Eastern religions teach us that, or teach, no, don't teach me, I don't listen to that, but they teach that meditation is allowing your mind to become completely blank and empty. This is not close to the truth when it comes to meditating on the Word. Meditating on God's Word is meditating on His mind, is meditating on His, on His precepts and principles. And God, God's definition of meditation is to fill our thoughts with the thoughts of God to allow ourselves to be filled with the things that God has said. And when we become filled with what He has said, really, doing the will of God is not that difficult. Really, living a Christian life doesn't have to be so dragging, so hard. There's a grace to it. And if we practice our daily, daily disciplines, man, I'm telling you what, it, 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 we, we overcome things more than we even know. Even in difficult spots or difficult times of doing the will of God, God's right there with His grace, His Word, His presence. Psalm 119 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Well, by keeping a watch on himself according to the Word. Don't compare yourself with how good someone else is doing or how bad someone else is doing. Let's compare ourselves with what? The Word of God. The Word of God. If we compare ourselves to the Word of God, we are a work in progress. Right? He says, keep watch on himself according to the Word, conforming in his life to God's precepts. And with all my heart, I have sought you, God, inquiring of you, longing for you. Don't let me wander from your presence, from your commandments, from your purpose. Don't let me wander. Neither through ignorance nor by willful disobedience. I truly believe even when we're right in the middle of disobedience, God is speaking loud to get our attention. Loud. I mean, he's so merciful. You know, I sometimes I'm praying. I say, God, I'm praying this, but if you have something different, go with your plan. 
And I believe we can keep our hearts so clean and, and, and sensitive that before we would go down that road that has a bridge out, God will get our attention. Sometimes he'll send a person. We need to look at, you know, uh, one of the last lessons, strong men in tough times was, we are our brother's keeper. Who didn't you see today that maybe you need to call? That's none of my business. Well, we need to look after each other sometimes. They could be going through a difficult spot, and you have the very, very words or prayer that will help them get through. Care about them. Now, that's, that's the definition of bearing one another's burdens. Help them out. Come on, let's lift up. Another critical thought I had about this, what we just listened to, is stay in range. Or you'll lose connection. Then you're on your own. I don't have time to do this, but I was going to say, uh, hey, Keith. Well, I'll do it. Hey, Keith. Come here. And uh, how you doing? Good. How you doing? All right. All right. All right. Yes, sir. You good with your wife? Uh, okay. You get it done later? You didn't get that, did you? I was thinking about the vacuum. All right. So... So, um, you're close enough to hear me, and um, as long as you stay close enough to hear me, I can, I can help you navigate through life, you know, even no matter if everything's just disturbed around me, um, you, you can hear the voice because the voice needs to get you through. So, so say for instance, and you're not going to do this, but say for instance you got, you got a little bit away from the voice or from me, Right? So just walk down that uh, aisle, okay? Hey, Keith. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Hey, Keith. You good? Yeah. Hey, Keith. Sit down on that chair. Don't sit on him. <laughs> hey, Keith. Come on up and stand up and head down that door. No, you're going the wrong way. You're supposed to be getting away from me. Illustration time. Um, and <laughs> come on back, Keith. Actually, Keith, he's a, he just has a servant's heart, and he stays close. I really, I love that about Keith. But see how dangerous that is? Hey, everything's going fine. Uh, I really don't need, I, I don't need the word anymore. I mean, I don't know. I, I can just, everything's fine, so there'll be voices that try to pull you back into that mess that you were stuck in. And stay close to the voice. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, God is a loving father, but any loving father, not, he doesn't just affirm you, but he also corrects us and admonishes us. We, we've got to have that in the home. It's the first learning institution, really, that 
we should learn our, the ways and the ways of God and, and there be loving, and there, but there'll be correction. And, and we don't just all of a sudden learn a principle from the Word of God and come marching in our house that you're going to do this. You're gonna, the Word says, this. no, be quiet. You need to just be quiet and live it first. Kids would rather see you do it than tell them what to do and not do it. Then you'll have a voice. You might say, I don't have good parents. Well, this is a good place. There's good friends around you. There's, there's so many wonderful people that, that can help us. But let me briefly just go to the Word of God here. And again, we, we, we understand what we just said today. Um, let's talk about the consequences of listening or not listening to the Word of God. Let's put up Proverbs one twenty nine and... And I tell you what, I, Proverbs is something that I consistently listen to. It's just good for your health. <laughs> it's good for your life. All right, so Proverbs 129 in the message says, Because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God, and because here, we're hearing the voice. We're hearing the voice, right? Because you wouldn't take my advice and you brushed aside my offers to train you, and, well, you made your own bed, now you're going to lie on it. You wanted your own way, now, now how do you like it? <laughs> uh, that's not a funny laugh. That was a Sarah laugh, I think. But don't you see what happens, you simpletons? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I can just see this message going way around the world. The title of this message is, You Idiots. <laughs> okay. Care- Listen, carelessness kills. Complacency is murder. First pay attention to me and then relax. And now you can, in other words, you'll be in peace if you follow me. Now, now you can take it easy. You're, you're in good hands. So there's, there's those that don't listen, those that do. And there's a different result. Proverbs 2, 9, verse 9, Proverbs 2, 9 says, So now um, you can pick out what's true and fair. Find all the good trails. Lady Wisdom will be your close friend, and Brother Knowledge, your pleasant companion, good sense will scout ahead of danger. Good sense will scout ahead for danger. Good sense. You ever, have, you ever see somebody do something and say, well, they don't have any sense at all. Um, insight will keep your eye for you. They'll keep you from making wrong turns. They'll keep you from following bad directions of those who are lost themselves. Why would you get direction from someone that's lost? Hey, I know how to get you there. No, you're lost. God forgives and, and, and people that get divorced, but sometimes people that have had bad relationships try to tell people how to have good relationships. And, and wow, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, I should. And, and there's better days ahead because you can learn and, and experience the good. So, but they'll keep you from making wrong turns or following bad directions of those that have lost, they're lost themselves, and they can't even tell a trail from a tumbleweed. But they have charisma, so you follow them. They, they just, something about, they're a leader. No, they're leading the wrong direction. They're not even leading themselves. Oh, geez. <laughs> These losers. <laughs> it's the Bible. 
Whoa. These losers who make a game of evil and throw parties to celebrate perversity, traveling paths that go nowhere, wandering in a maze of detours and dead ends. I have some more scripture. And, but did you get it? How am I going to make some better decisions this year? What's the first thing we're going to do? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna forget the past, and then we're going to press toward our purpose, being Christ-like, and, and allowing God to, to use you in the area that He wants to. He's gifted you. He's equipped you. And then, number two, we have to have God's voice as, as the dominant voice in our life. And as much as my wife has the second dominant voice in my life, I won't let her voice be louder than God's. That's respectfully. That's honorable. And, and she, absolutely, thank you, Joseph. She does the same. And then if there's any type of, you know, any type of gap, we talk to each other. Thank God for his direction. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God we're forgetting. Thank God we're moving forward. Thank God we're following his voice. Thank God for consistency and developing these disciplines. Gotta say it one more time. Learn to lead yourself. Put the word of God first. Start talking to God like he's your best friend, like he is your father. Get good leadership over your life. We have leaders over our life. Every pastor should be pastored. Every leader should be led. And every church member should have a good church with good leadership. Being saved and not going to church is like being married and never going home. Don't forsake the assembling. Did anybody get anything out of today? Just imagine if you said, you know what, I, I'm too tired. I mean, you could have watched online, and if you're shut in, that's what that is for. And, and understand, but you've got to be in the assembly, in, in, in the church. Just so much more happens to you than you could ever know that will impact your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. We honor you. We praise you. We magnify you. And as we bow our eyes, bow our heads and close our eyes right now, if any of you here today do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray a prayer with you. If you're concerned that if you were to die today, there's so much extreme mess is going on out there in the world. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to say there's safety in being saved because you know your eternity involves your last breath on earth become your first breath in heaven. If you want to pray with me, and no one's looking right now, just me and you. You need to tell somebody, I'm not, and I'm that person. Say, Pastor Cohen, when you pray this prayer to receive Jesus, would you include me in this prayer? If that's you, just lift up your hand right now. Just lift it up boldly. Just act on that word today. It's for you. Thanks. It's for, it's, it's for, for what God's telling you. And, and I, God, would that all people be saved. And we're in, we're in the balance right now like Proverbs. Okay, he's, he's trying. He's trying. He's getting your attention. And the Father's drawing you to Jesus. And God reveals himself to everybody that's ever lived and existed or ever will to the point that they make a decision 
Jesus, I receive you. Or Jesus, I don't want you. I want my own way. Some sobering words this morning. But the word says, behold, now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Do not put it off. Another day, another moment, another second. Pray this prayer out loud with me. Mean it with your heart. Say it with me. God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe you sent him to this world to live an innocent life so he could die for all my guilt. I believe he died. I believe his spirit went to hell to pay the price of my death penalty. And I believe on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive. Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my past. I'm turning from my past, and I ask you, and I receive you. Be my Savior. I receive you as my Savior, and I receive you as my Lord. With all my heart today, I say Jesus is my Savior, and Jesus is my Lord. In Jesus' name, we all agree by saying amen.